Hello, and welcome to Blanket Fort Books. This is the podcast where we discuss books and everything else. I'm Wit at Wit and Wisdoms on Twitter. I am Rachel, which you can reach me at Abrams Records on Twitter. And I am Gabe, and you can follow me on Twitter at Boardseed. So this is a really exciting episode. Um, we're going to be talking about all things true crime. Now, Rachel and I are huge true crime fans. Yes. Gabe, not so much, but I think you still like it, right? Yeah, yeah, if the yeah. right thing kind of just comes along. <laughs> so we're just going to talk about some true crime things that we have picked. But before we start, um, Gabe, what is something that you have enjoyed in the last little while? Um, so something that I've enjoyed recently, and I guess I, it's something I briefly talked to you about, but um, after a few years, I returned to watching The Handmaid's Tale, the Hulu series. Oh, yes. And I'm on season two, finally. I stopped at season one, episode eight, and just kind of forgot um, but when I picked up from it again recently, it was like I remembered everything clear as day. And I was thinking, I, I like really realized, I was like, who would watch this? Because <laughs> the reason being like so much of it is like if you know the premise of the show, which I really just don't want to live through explaining again. <laughs> um, there's just like so many just graphic assault and sexual assault scenes for like several minutes per episode through season one, almost to the point where it's like you think it's just like some cheap va shock value television of 2014. But when I started season two, and this is the reason why I wanted to talk about it, it was such a shift from like season 10 or sorry episode 10 of season one going into season two I was like is this the same show um like I and I realize I'm late because like season three has already come out but in comparison the first season was like totally low budget probably filmed in like the Boston suburbs in the winter time on a Sunday morning when no one was around um and a lot of it was like um, Rachel, you'll probably appreciate this. Um, you know, a lot of the slow dialogue sequences with long pauses. Wait, season one or season two? Season one of yeah. The Handmaid's Tale was <laughs> very. Because I was like, are you promoting this? No, <laughs> I, it was like, like to the point where it like almost kind of seems dated now. Because like you could probably have like a several hour compilation of Elizabeth Moss, like her actor playing this main character like of just her close-up silent facial expressions like the whole oh. whole series is her like, no. <laughs> like the whole first season but anyway about why season two is so good it's no longer putting me through trauma after trauma without room to breathe um without spoiling uh we kind of get to travel i guess um and get to see far-reaching effects of this society and like the world building like it does so many favors for the world building. And I was blown away by the locations and their memorable like set pieces and just all the scenery. It's like, oh my gosh, they really thought about this. And I, I got to mention like the soundtrack and the score I realized of the whole, even season one, honestly, it was like, it was like outstanding to me. Um, it's always been impressive, atmospheric um, and should be commended for such. Um, and also the reason why season one seemed to lack in comparison is like, if you know about The Handmaid's Tale at all, um, th the first season really kind of just says, wow, look at what could be and doesn't stop doing that for 
episode after episode. But now, now it's like we get back to these stories that really make this dystopian fiction feel tangible and even more terrifying. Um, I mean, it still shows without telling too much, but instead of relying on like unwatchable, totally gross scenes to shock, um, it finds a balance of subtlety and, um, the ominous horrors are definitely still floating around in my imagination even after watching it, but I'm not done season two. So hopefully it stays good, but that's my impression. And I'm like, so impressed so far wait how far are you in season two uh episode six sweet so if anybody is like maybe they know that something bad's gonna happen in like episode eight then they're gonna be like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) that's a show i definitely need to watch i read the book in high school and be careful enjoyed it season one is a band-aid to rip off very slowly and painfully (laughs) as as you just heard me say it's yeah it's a rough one but i think season two is is worth it so far well i'll try to hold out till then (laughs) rachel what have you enjoyed recently actually it's funny it's a movie that is not recent at all one that you have told me you used to love watching it's goodwill hunting I love Goodwill Hunting. It's funny because I went into it just being like, oh, you know, it's like a classic. It'll be good. But then, like, I actually cried. Yeah, it's emotional. <laughs> I, kinda, I've, I think, did we watch it together? No, I've never seen it up until the other, well, like a week ago, I think. Why do I feel like Whitney said, like, asked me, like, didn't you say that we watched Goodwill Hunting together? And I'm like, no, we didn't. No, I've never watched it with you. I once made my math teacher put it on for the class. Because <laughs> it's about math. It is about <laughs> math. Who, then who did I see Goodwill Hunting with? I don't know. Sorry I don't know. To, to we had person. We had this conversation where you told Whitney that you had never watched Sweeney Todd, but you had actually watched it with me. Yeah. I remember the thing that you said about the pies, but not until after, not until you told me recently. I was like, wait, that did happen. But then I remember myself straight up telling Whitney, no, I've never seen Sweeney Todd. I'm like, I'm just a liar. Yeah, essentially gave just two times both of us. (laughs) But to give everyone a little bit of background, when me and Gabe actually originally watched Sweeney Todd forever ago, um, I had just happened to have made chicken pot pie that night and had some left. Leftovers and mid movie, while they're eating people pie, I was like, Gabe, would you like some chicken pot pie? And of course, he did. So we Yum. both ate, you know, pot pie while watching yeah. Sweetie Todd. Anyway, sidetracked. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so Goodwill Hunting, it was really good. I mean, I it was nothing like groundbreaking or any. Oh, <laughs> to me, to I'm just me. kidding. <laughs> but it was good. And I mean, Robin Williams. Yeah. Can't go wrong. We share a birthday. Oh. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's not July. our birthday today. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really good. And yeah. I think that it's just one to make sure if you're trying to go through your classics, um, mm. or as a friend of mine would say, culture, then <laughs> you got to watch it. For <laughs> sure. What about you, Wit? Um, mine is also not a recent movie at all. It's actually one of my childhood favorites, and it's very random. Um, I had something else picked out to talk about, and then I watched this today, and it is the 2002 original Spider-Man. <laughs> what? Yes. I love this movie so much. Like, I don't think anything will ever it beat is it. so good. It's so good. I probably saw it for the first time 
when it came out when I was like six and I've loved it ever since <laughs> I've seen it so many times I haven't seen the sequels quite as much but I remember liking those a lot too and it was just such a great time I think I'm gonna watch the rest later tonight <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched Spider-Man 2 most recently and I mean I probably haven't seen the first or third one in years and years prior to that. But when I watched Spider-Man 2, having been exposed to all the new Marvel movies, when I saw that, I was like, this is one of the best films I've ever seen. Absolutely, yeah. Spider-Man 2 is up there, I have to say. Tobey Maguire is just, like, the best. Like, I'm sorry, but no other actor is going to play Spider-Man better than him. And I just remember as a kid wanting to be MJ so badly. And (laughs) rewatching this movie, she is such, like just a classic teenager like it's so great and I love it so much I think like Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire they just have so much depth that they bring to those characters that are just like yeah comic book characters and it was like the best first time that a Marvel movie was like a big explosion and that movie is ahead of its time like if that same exact movie came out in 2020 it would be a hit like Willem Dafoe James Franco like not enough CGI though true <laughs> but like up to snuff sometimes i just like want like that early 2000s yeah vibe and it was just such a great time and i loved it so much yeah or just like practical sets and costumes yeah they totally like that movie really just elevates that mm-hmm. i am unaware if i've ever seen it but i'm thinking maybe me and gabe th- may have I watched it in you like- definitely did but i think you were probably like 13s because i think i remember there being like a video cd of all three movies jam-packed on it in really terrible quality that kind of sounds like that might have been the and case. it might have been a, turned into a coaster on your table yeah whenever we'd have uh, we'd like <laughs> you know do our burns of dvds and they either were duds or you know weren't worth watching again they became a coaster yeah still have them some of oh, them good. became like a cd wreath that's oh, amazing right what yeah. happened to the cd wreath i don't know well, i kind of forget what it, it looked like the wreath of CDs. Was it on the wall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was our childhood. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say if you're hearing anything weird, Gabe's cat is purring in his lap and it's very sweet. <laughs> he has some respiratory issues and he's a little bit snorty. No, I'm dead serious. That's him. He's our new guest. We will incorporate him with every situation. I feel like some people might find that disgusting. I mean, he has a lot to say. Like, that's what he's been liking lately. Yeah. He needed to insert his input. Who is your favorite actor or actress? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. Definitely. That was like sonar waves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. All right, so now we're going to get into the meat of the episode, if you will, because this podcast is a coconut. Um, and <laughs> Can it be the tofu of the... <laughs> Just kidding, I'm not a vegetarian. <laughs> um, so we all picked out something true crime related that we wanted to discuss. Um, there was a lot to, to choose from. Um, And I think Rachel is going to start us off. So what would you like to talk about? Well, mine would actually be a new favorite of a podcast called Dark Poutine or Dark Poutine, as they would call it. (laughs) No, that's wrong. (laughs) It is incorrect. Um, Anyway, so they basically take a bunch of different true crime stories from Canadian culture, well, I should say culture, Canadian history. Um, culture is the Putin part. 
and um anyway it's really interesting so um i believe the the guys who do it are out of uh, bc um and so the the kind of the opener that i listened to the other day was um kind of easing us into the true crime of canada uh where all these floating feet we're washed up. Uh, I what? love this story. It's so funny. <laughs> I was doing some late night driving and I was like, I need to keep myself awake. Let's listen to some scary crime. Oh, yes. Okay, where was this? So, I mean, don't trust me. I'm like quoting something I was like vaguely listening to while driving, mm. but basically in and around BC and mm. uh, some parts of Alberta and some part, parts of uh, Washington, all of these feet, like one at a time were just like... Coming up on the shore. Yeah, and they were in <laughs> shoes. In shoes. Oh. Yeah. So it was like, so like someone would just be like, "Hey, a shoe," and pick it up and be like, "Oh, a foot." <laughs> That's the grossest surprise. <laughs> and no one could figure out why. But then once, after I don't know, like the fifth sh- foot, like <laughs> it was found, it was a match to one of the other feet. <gasps> and like, they yeah. found a pair. Well, for a while, it was like a size nine men's shoe, but it was a Nike shoe, and then it was like a size nine, but it was like Adidas. But then it was Sounds like a size. Sounds like Marshalls, right? <laughs> so basically they they ended up not everyone was figured to look why they ended up there and why they never found any other part i think what a lot of people had discovered was um there was a lot of like unfortunately like suicide incidents around these places and when these people would be in the water for a long part of the time um their feet would be the only thing that would end up washing ashore in their shoes because i guess the tendons and bones would just and there goes their feet. What? Well, or it's like yeah. some sharks and they don't like feet. Maybe. <laughs> Wait, no so feet. this there's no crime? It's just a scientific yeah. moment? And like, like <laughs> most of them were to be attributed to that. Um, some of them they didn't know. Where okay, well, that, oh, that, well, if there's a few that are like, hmm, these look a little suspect, like, okay, well. I just don't know if they could ever prove one way or the other what happened but has this ever happened anywhere else though like it must well it's weird because i think they started coming up like within weeks and months of each other like it wasn't like one foot in like 2012 and another foot in 2018 like it was like close to each other is like it a still lot happening of, today i mean not that i've looked into <laughs> but i haven't really looked I into feel like <laughs> if this was a natural phenomenon it would continue to happen and it would be like, oh, yeah, this this river is known for its occasional limb. <laughs> oh, like there's that that forest in in Japan, in Japan, like that, except it's not really a phenomenon. Yeah, and it's, it's like sad. it's like, oh, all the all the spooky like 13 year olds would be like, mom and dad, let's go on a, like a field trip uh, with my friends. I want to scare them at this lake of floating feet. And True. then they're like, what are you what do you mean? That's a real thing. Don't make jokes about that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that was the opener for me for that podcast, which I thought it was, it was kind of funny the way that they did it, which is why I liked it, but also like they got their facts. Um, the next episode that I, I listened to um, from Dark Putin was um, about the Abbotsford killer. So it's in BC and this guy who was, who was like raping and killing well, actually, I think there was only one specific incident that they had linked him to. But it got really spooky because as I'm driving at night on the highway, pitch black, listening to like true crime, <laughs> I ended up they they ended up playing back some of his live or like his um nine one one calls and oh, police I hate taunts. Those so much. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> this is a real guy. Um, but it was good. It was a two parter episode. Um, I don't know. I was just I really like listening to it, and it, it's local. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> local to my country. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. I want to know the scary stuff that's happening right here, right? But yeah. then they did go off a little bit. Like the next episode I listened to was actually about um, the Halifax explosion in 1917. Mm-hmm. It's not really true crime it was just stupidity yeah i kind of forget what that what that was all about basically it was during the first world war and there was a ship that was like loaded up with like it was literally a floating bomb like it was just like loaded and a harbor pilot was bringing another ship in and these two ships were basically playing chicken like one was like with the horn like move and the other one was like no (laughs) and then they hit each other and started a fire and then the crew was like we need to get out but the other ship didn't realize that they were they just hit a bomb and then anyway a fire escalated and then it ended up blowing up the whole port oh my god no offense to anyone affected by that or canadian history but that is straight up a looney tunes episode (laughs) it really is where is the anvil like it was yeah that is a coyote and roadrunner moment it was a little bit not like it wasn't to me a true crime story but like i feel a little more educated yeah it's like a cautionary tale yeah don't hit a ship when your ship is full of ammunition Mm mm-hmm Noted. Don't play chicken in the water. <laughs> With boats. any other situation, play chicken. Just not in the water. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've been listening to. I mean, Whitney has certainly given me a plethora of recommendations of different true crime podcasts to listen to. So my subscription box is like filled with notifications of ones that I do have to listen to, but that would be the one that I'm on right now. Yes. You really need to listen to my favorite murder, which is amazing it's on my list it's like the best so good just two comedians talking about true crime and making jokes i love it really good i love it already what's your true crime of the week okay so the true crime story that i chose to go with is the case of um chris watts this is what the newish Netflix documentary American Murder is based on, which I'm sure a lot of you have seen. Um, But I kind of did a deep dive into this and I've got some notes. Mm -hmm. So this is about um, Shanann and Chris Watts, who were a married couple and they had two young children, um, Bella and Celeste. Um, Shanann was, she worked for an MLM company and she did a lot of like Facebook and Instagram lives. She kind of broadcast her entire life. Um, so people were very familiar with her. She had a large following, like she went on a lot of company trips, got a company car, like she was like up in this company at the top of the pyramid, if you will. Um, and there were times when like Chris would be on the, um, like the Facebook live and he would be very weird. He was very like introverted and shy, but a lot of people thought the way he acted on the lives was very interesting. Um, so Shanann was pregnant with their third child and she went live when she told Chris that she was pregnant and the way he reacted was like a big red flag for a lot of people. It was very, very strange. Um, so from there, we're skipping ahead a couple months and Shanann and the kids went on a six week vacation to visit her family. Um, and while she was gone, Chris kind of stopped texting her, didn't answer her calls, wouldn't talk to the children. And Shanann was like very concerned and upset. And like, it's like, you don't want to talk to me. And meanwhile, he started 
um, sleeping with his coworker Nicole, um, which Shanann was very like suspicious of like she knew something was going on even though he was like avoiding it and saying oh I love you I'm just so busy at work and under a lot of stress right now um meanwhile this whole time he is like very invested in this relationship with Nicole and something I thought was really interesting with it which I told Gabe about was he had a secret app on his phone that just like looked like a calculator (gasps) but you'd put in a passcode into the calculator and then all of like your hidden shit would come up so he would keep yeah he would um he would keep all of like the nudes that Nicole sent him all the pictures of them like on vacation and stuff while his wife and kids are away which he is, sucks he oh he sucks he Locked gets in worse. a calculator app though that's like the most genius thing i've ever no heard in my not life. genius dick <laughs> i mean well, that's awful that exists, but like though, isn't that i cool? know I had no idea. I mean, that's crazy. I have nothing to hide, but I kind of want it. I want to hide. I want to hide mine like behind Flappy Bird instead yeah. of calculating. Yeah. And you have to win like ten levels consecutively to get into it. That's yes. really funny. So it would take a lot of hard work and effort. Okay, so when Shanann comes home, um, Chris is still acting super weird, and he like sits Shanann down and tells her that he doesn't want the baby that she's already pregnant with. He's like, I'm so happy with just Bella and Cece. Like, I don't want this kid. Like, I never wanted this, even though, like, they were trying for a third baby. And there's, um, the court released, like, a 2,000-page, um, like, I don't know what to call it. It was, like, all the information of the trial and text messages and mm. internet search history. And so all the text between her and one of her friends is in there when she's freaking out because Chris is telling her that she doesn't want this baby that she's already pregnant with, like, what does he want her to do? And she's far along, like, I think it was like six or eight months or something. Oh. Yeah. So they are having issues. They're fighting. And then Shanann and her friend, who's also named Nicole, I will call, I will refer to her as the good Nicole, <laughs> um, go to a work conference. And when they come back, um, their plane got delayed. So Nicole drops her off at home at around 2 a.m. Um, oh, and also when Shanann was away, Chris sends her the weirdest photo of, with no context, of um, one of their daughters wrapped in a blanket, like a white blanket. It's covering her face. She's laying like stock still on no. the couch. And it's just like a white blanket covering her face. And Shanann posted it on Facebook and was like, I don't know what to think of this, dot, dot, dot. Like it was just very, very strange. Um, so yeah, good Nicole drops Shanann off and then the next morning tries to contact her. Um, Nicole knew she had a doctor's appointment, so she was just like, Hey, how did the doctor's appointment go? Like everything good with the baby? What's up? And Shanann doesn't answer and Nicole doesn't hear for her from her like all day. And it's just very weird because like I said, Shanann's like whole job and everything is online. Like it's weird mm. for her to not be with her phone. Um, so like the good friend that she is she goes to check on her um she is like at the door and they have one of those like doorbells that will like send a video to your phone it'll be like hey someone's at your door so Chris sees and he calls Nicole and he's like hey like get off my property essentially like he's very standoffish and she's like oh I'm just like worried about Shanann like what's up and he told her that she went on a play date But when Nicole looks in the garage, her car, which is like their only car, um, is there with the car seats in the back. 
So obviously she didn't go anywhere. So she calls the police to do a welfare check. Good Nicole. Yeah, I know. Amazing that she did this. And they can't go in without Chris's permission. So Chris comes home. He makes all these excuses. He's like, oh, no, you can't get in. Like, that door doesn't work. The passcode to the garage doesn't work. Like, just wait till I get home. And he comes home and he's being super weird. Um, There's even like a scene in the documentary where he walks out of the room and Nicole's, I think it's Nicole's son who was with her, was like, that's not how he acts. Like, he's he's being very, very weird. Like, I'm telling you, this is not normal. Mm. Um, And when they're in the house, they find Shanann's phone, all of her belongings. um, And Chris is like, oh, we had a fight. Like, she probably left with the children and she's mad at me. But like, how would she go anywhere and where would she go? And like, she all of her belongings are there. Um. And the only thing in the house that's missing are all of the bed sheets off all of the beds. So off of the girls' beds and off of the master bed. Bad which is sign. Very sus. Um, so yeah, he claims they had a fight. He went to work, etc. He does an on-TV interview with like the press show up because I don't know, because she was like a figure. So they show up and they're like, Chris, like, do you want to do an interview? And everyone was telling him not to. And he does. And the whole time he's like laughing and smiling. And he's like, I just want my wife and kids to come home. Like, I don't know where they are. And like, is a terrible liar. And you can tell. Um, so one of the, one of their neighbors from across the street has security cameras that show the whole street. I think they were trying to catch like graffiti artists or something. Um, and afterwards they got the security cam footage um and it shows chris bringing his work truck into the garage which the neighbor said that he never did because it like leaked oil and shenan got like super mad when it was like in the driveway it was always parked on the street but he brought it in the garage and then it shows him loading something into the truck three different times like large things so that is also very suspicious um they bring chris into the police station because obviously he's a suspect um he does a polygraph don't know why fails miserably obviously um he they keep saying that he doesn't or sorry he keeps saying that he doesn't know anything but they took the gps out of his work truck and they found out where he went and he worked for like an oil company and he went like kind of out in the middle of nowhere where there's big oil tanks and everything and they got drone footage and they find the bed sheets from the beds there. Oh, no. I know. It's crazy. Um, and he's still like, I don't know. I don't know how they got there. Who freaking knows? I didn't do anything. <laughs> um, and then he asks to speak to his father. So his father comes in the room. And he claims that he saw Shanann strangling the children and killing them. And he got super mad and said he blacked out in rage and then strangled Shanann and didn't know what to do. Um, so he says that he, he killed her because, um, because she had killed the children and that was his, his reasoning. And then he admitted to burying Shanann in a shallow grave out in that oil field or whatever. And he put the children in the oil tank, which is devastating. Um, it doesn't confirm this in the documentary, but it does say that when he brought the children there, they were alive. They were begging him not to. They were asking about their mom, wondering what happened. Um, anyway, obviously, Shanann didn't kill the children. He did it. Um, they 
did um, autopsies and it was revealed that the kids were smuggled, not strangled, and Shanann was strangled, so there was stuff that didn't add up, and he finally confessed. He was found guilty for three murders and got five life sentences. Um, Meanwhile, Nicole, bad Nicole, the mistress Nicole, has her Google search history was found, and it is very, very concerning. This is just, I thought, very... The bonus. Yeah, this I just thought was like very interesting. (laughs) Bonus round, bad Nicole. (laughs) The documentary also kind of makes her to be the good guy. She didn't get into any legal trouble. Nothing happened. But her search history was... So when Shanann was on vacation, she was Googling wedding dresses. She was Googling, man says he'll leave wife for you. Um, She was Googling marrying your mistress, which, like, (laughs) you can just figure out how that's going to work. Like, it's not going to work. Stop Googling that. Wow. Um, She also Googled how to prepare for anal sex. So... (laughs) And then Googled um, threesome with double penetration. So I don't know what they were planning. Oh, this is a nightmare. This is embarrassing. Wow. Um, And then after Chris was brought in for questioning, she Googled, um, can cops find hidden text messages? (laughs) Okay. Wait, how old is she? I don't know. Like in her 30s, 40s. She's a grown ass woman. Okay. Um, And then after Chris um, gets arrested, goes to prison. She starts Googling about Amber Frey. She Googles Amber, or sorry, Amber Fry. She Googles Amber Fry's book deal, Amber Fry's net worth, and did people hate Amber Fry? And she was the mistress of Scott Peterson, who was a man who murdered his pregnant wife. So she wanted to make some money off of this. It's very concerning. Wow. I wonder if that was between the Did people hate Amber Fry? So if she publishes a book, don't buy it. Don't. Oh, that's a lot of stuff. That good Nicole publishes a book. Same. Like, thank God for good Nicole and her son for showing up because that didn't give Chris time to do anything. Like, he had to rush home to talk to the police. Like, he didn't have time to really, like, come up with a story or change anything. But why in your work truck? I know. I know. He also called the kids' school at 8.30. So 5.30 in the morning is when he was seen loading things into his truck and then at 8 30 in the morning he called the kids school and was like they'll never be coming back and then hung up just said they're never coming back to school he sounds like a dumbass he is a dumbass and the fact like in the documentary there's it's great because the whole thing was filmed on body cams of the cops so you see like everything like you get all of it and then um in the interrogation room um, the lady who's going to do the polygraph is like, so you agreed to this. Like, obviously you would be the biggest dumbass if you're going through with this and you had anything to do with the murder. So if you want to back out, back out now. And he's like, nah, I'll do the polygraph. I didn't have anything to do with it. Fails everything horribly. Oh my god! I'd, I'd honestly, like if, if it were me, I would take the polygraph even if I knew I was going to fail it. Cause maybe there's that slight chance that you'll pass because they're not a hundred percent accurate. I think that's what a lot of people think, or just the confidence going in. I mean, they can't actually convict on polygraph, can they? I don't think so, but it, it's like it some good the, evidence. Oh, it is. It'll like sway the to, jury. A, to a jury, yeah. I mean, to be like, he failed this, obviously, but they can't actually convict on it, so maybe he just kind of thought... Well, I think he was definitely a narcissist. Yeah. Definitely was like, oh, stupid polygraph test. Of course I can pass this. Like, nobody's going to catch me. 
Yeah. Like, he's just the biggest dumbass. Anyway. I feel like <laughs> one thing I always find with true crime, which is a horrible side of it because I know it is true, <laughs> but it's like, people are so dumb. Why wouldn't they do it this way? Like, I would I know. know how to commit a perfect crime. <laughs> I know. And the whole time when he's, like, being interrogated and questioned... He shows absolutely no remorse. They're asking mm. him about his like baby girls. And he's like, I don't know. Like she probably just took him. She killed him. I don't know. I don't care. Ugh. Like it's so gross. And then he, he cries after she's like, show me that you care about them. If you want me to believe that you didn't do it. And then he's like, oh, I'm sad. Oh. Like you are very stupid, sir. Yeah. But I'm glad he was stupid because he deserves to rot in jail. That just sounds like a dumb sociopath. Yep. <laughs> anyway, that is the true crime story that I chose to speak about. That was a lot and very sad. Yeah, it was. Like, don't get me now. wrong. I'm depressed. Like, that was sad. Yeah. Uh, but I made inappropriate jokes. Well, <laughs> I think that's how, like, you deal with topics like this. We're obviously not making fun of the fact that people were murdered and horrible things happened. We're just coping with these horrible stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I just think it's funny that the mistress was such a dumb bitch. <laughs> I like her search history. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I don't want anyone to get my search history. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit less incriminating. I mean, yeah, but like the fact that that was in there, like she must be so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. I, Delete every I day. Mean, like, if you're going to publish my search history, at least only put the relevant things in. Don't like who cares? if I was preparing for anal sex like you don't need to put that in there it's like I don't even want you to know what I was looking up on Amazon yeah, yeah. no one's gonna want to know you just put that in there because it was scandalous they got there was a section in there about what they bought on Amazon too okay well do you have any details um there was nothing like super juicy but Shanann had bought like a a book on marriage counseling that she gave to Chris wow that's and he was like, yeah, I'll read it. And then didn't because he's an asshole. Like she was really trying to make it work. And I just got to say, like, if you don't want to be with your wife anymore and you want to be with someone else, there is this wonderful thing called divorce. <laughs> and like, I think maybe he should have looked into that before he jumped the gun. <laughs> maybe just a bit. Because now going, he can't be with anyone. We're going back to 1600 as it is. And I don't think divorce existed then. What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I mean, like, the way that everything's going politically, we're going to be sent back to 1600. Oh, yes. And yeah. I, I would forget when divorce was created. It honestly could have been, like, 1580, for all I know. But <laughs> I thought you were implying that this story took place in 1600. And no, I was like, I was just talking about Facebook Live and Google and MLMs. Yeah, <laughs> just don't assume everyone lives in present day when divorce is a thing. That's all I have to say. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> what is your story? <laughs> oh, are we going into it now? Okay. Wait, going into me. it. This one. Okay, this is a ride. <laughs> Bear with me with this one. So, television broadcast hijacking. <gasps> yes, I know all about this. This spooks me beyond. Okay. It's really scary. Don't say anything. I won't, but I'm already spooked. I'm so glad you picked this. It's okay. such a you topic. Yeah, because like this is like it's, but the first time I heard about it when I was very young on the internet, I was like, so I was just so afraid. Like it was, it's so haunting. Something I would dream about. So like, television broadcast hijacking is a mysterious and often startling occurrence that happened mostly during the 20th century. 
television as a live, purely ongoing broadcast was fully dictated by the networks. The internet didn't exist. So when something glitched into your TV, something like particularly lo-fi and unrelating to the seemingly impenetrable live feed, just, you know, existing, coming into existence would just be particularly, you know, shocking, I think, if you were just like in your living room eating your TV dinners as one did in the <laughs> 80s. I um, still do that, so whatever. <laughs> well, like it. with the tables, like the, the fold-out yeah, the oh, yes. tables you bring to the couch like yes. a Matilda. <laughs> yes, my parents use those every day. <laughs> so like this is something I learned when I was looking into this. This actually happened a lot in the Soviet Union when uh, with the radio, when the government controlled or at least wanted to control everything on the airwaves, um, they were often called pirate operators. And these were often young people who would have built transmitters themselves from stolen scraps or purchased them through illegal means. Um, officially, the government called them hooligans, transmitting <laughs> just like nonsense and pop music. However, many of these pirate operators had call signs like Radio Millimeter or Fortune or Cucumber. And I think they were probably a lot more like organized than what was recorded because the thing is like it was easy to track their signals using shortwave radios apparently. So many of them were found and punished. But the interesting thing is because of, like, you know, you know, Russia didn't share USSR did not share information with us very much at all at that time. All of this information comes from like a single article that I found written in 1984 in the issue of in an issue of Christian Science Monitor with information from the BBC's worldwide external services. So it's not even like a first party account. There are no first party accounts that we at least have access to. So I think that's like just think about all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. Like there's this like there's like this scene of Soviet teenagers that were like illegally broadcasting pop music and and stuff. I think that is worth a movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but uh, the main story I wanted to share, this was just kind of a set up some context, uh, was, was an occurrence known as the Wyoming incident. Does anybody know what this is? Um, I might when you talk about it, but I don't know it by that title. Okay. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Like, um, I really dug into it this time rather than just Ooh. what I discovered on the surface. This is a recent case of, well, relatively recent case of television broadcast hijacking. Most of this information I've taken from is from an article published on the Wyoming AM radio station KGAB Radio. In 2006, a local television station signal was interrupted with a grayscale pixelated image. The text reads a special presentation accompanied by ominous music containing a variety of low-frequency tones. White text on black displays, you will see such pretty things. And what follows it are close-up, distorted images of disembodied heads frozen in different poses and expressions. Often grainy, some look realistic, while others resemble poor 90s 3D animation, definitely in the uncanny valley territory. Oh, yeah, this is what I thought it was, and I have chills. I hate More it. More titles in large font that fill the screen read, Why Do You Hate? What Hides in Your Mind? Followed by, We've Already Seen It. Um, this goes on for quite a while. People who watch the broadcast in full reported nausea or audiovisual hallucinations, apparently due to the glitchy, pulsing audio. Um, 
It ends with a close-up of what looks similar to a ventriloquist dummy's face, but in this case, just an ugly 3D animation with human-like lips, eyes closed and grinning. The final title reads, We Stand at the Door, and for a moment, the uh, special presentation title returns, and that was the end. So the internet has plenty of people analyzing everything about this broadcast, but the hijacker was never caught. Yeah. So, so for anyone who still has cable, no, just cancel it because the day that happens. <laughs> that's so scary. Why? Like, I hate it so much. <laughs> I know. And there was like, there were so many other ones that happened too. Like you look up the Max Headroom incident where a scary guy wearing a mask mimicking like the Max Headroom TV cameos, he just shows up with a distorted, scary voice, and he's like spanking the ass of some woman on camera or something, and you, he's just like gibbering, like gibberish, like static is all you can hear, and he's never been caught either, and I think that's like equally as scary because <gasps> there's like people, like real people on the screen. Do you remember? This is like bringing back memories of that strange YouTube video you used to show me. Oh, I feel fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that was a whole thing. Do you know that, Whitney? I, I think so. I forget if people... Yeah, you totally do. I remember blasting that in the previous apartment that we lived in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, or using it as a threat because um, it is really scary. I think... I don't really remember the whole thing about that. I think it was sort of low-key revealed. It was just like somebody's university project, but don't quote me on that. But also, like, it was kind of confirmed that the person was particularly interesting like they had a house full of weird stuff maybe but i'm just gonna stop because i don't know 100 percent. that's just what i think i got from the youtube comments on those videos that also kind of reminded me of do you remember that creepy pasta story that i read to you on like the road trip we took on the way home the normal porn for normal people yes mm. oh that's yeah. what it reminded me well of. on that note on that note now that you said it i just wanted to tell you that the wyoming incident is actually fake what it is in fact a creepy pasta <gasps> or, it never happened at all no or it could be also considered as i learned an alternate reality game like creepy pastas being viral unsettling narratives and tales that were created on the internet like slender man um, an alternate reality game is an interactive narrative that uses the real world as a sort of like platform or premise to make it more believable Oh my um, God. This can also, uh, you know, often be used for an integral part of viral marketing campaigns. Um, the Wyoming incident was meant to be creepy and speculated, so like it makes sense. Obviously, um, the uh, radio station I mentioned, um, like KB six hundred and fifty or whatever, um, that is a real re radio station, and they really did publish an article about it. Um, as though it was a real event. Um, like I really went through the website to be like, is this just a fake radio station? But no, it's real. Um, and I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if it was where it gained popularity, like from that article, or maybe they like just put it there to make this story. Like maybe they were in on it and that kind of made it more believable to the internet or they just didn't fact check. They just were like me when I was 13 and like heard this story and I was like, oh, well, that sounds real and then just moved on. But that is not true. Um, it was just basically a viral story and it's a video somebody made on a computer. And if you actually go watch it, like it looks kind of realistic and it's still terrifying and definitely don't watch it late at night. But, um, you know, hmm. it, it's it's not 
chill. <laughs> I had no idea. Me either. I was like getting ready for you to be like more deets. Well, but the, no, the, the I, I would rather I rather want like I only knew found out this was fake now, so I didn't want to change my topic. I was like, oh, I have to see this through. I've already <laughs> like been set on this when I first started thinking about it. But I was like, damn, now like. I just have to own up to being dumb, I guess, and gullible. Well, I feel like <laughs> so many people, like I've spent my whole life, <laughs> not my whole life, but like probably since I was 13, thinking that was real. Yeah. Like I never questioned it. Well, I was kind of hoping like you wouldn't know. So like at all. And then this would have been like extra spooky. Well, I'm spooky. I, I got chills. scammed you. Like I totally scammed you. But people <laughs> have done that, right? done what like the broadcast hijacking they have the max headroom in the soviet union thing is obviously real yeah. and like there have been other incidents where i think somebody hacked hbo one night and was just like you're raising your subscription to 12.99 <laughs> a month that is true that That's is so funny and it's just like on the like test colors and then it's like in like vhs static white text and it was like on screen for like i don't know like 12 minutes or something and oh, then the that. guy got caught and arrested because he was found in a restaurant bragging about it oh my goodness <laughs> why arrest why arrest that's funny well i don't think that's crazy. i don't think it's like a fine i maybe. think I, I don't yeah. know i think he was fined but he was identified and prosecuted <laughs> oh, which is defeat. my goodness <laughs> that's really funny true crime <laughs> yeah tr mine's true crime but it's fake we should do an episode where we like discuss like creepy pastas we all choose one or we have to oh we could do like is it creepy pasta or is it real <gasps> yes and we all like, have to go find one yes. but i feel like maybe we'd accidentally stumble upon another person's and then that would ruin it or maybe we do one that's like a truth and a lie. We do like one weird true crime story and one creepy pasta, and you have to guess which one's real. We could do two truths and a lie, but with pasta. Yeah. That's creepy. Mm -hmm. I'm so, that's, that's anyway. That's a good idea. That's an idea to explore. Keep an eye oh, out. Maybe just make one up. Yeah. So then that way you can't, like, they, you know, one of us won't come across it on our search. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. One made up. One creepy pasta, one true crime. It's like Balderdash of the true yes. crime world. What if we just Balderdash made a so board fun. game of that and put the creepy pastas or the made up ones? Hasbro, listen to us right now. We have an idea. Card. Now we're oh talking. I feel like I need to cut this out of the episode because I think we can get a <laughs> Kickstarter for this and we would be rich. Oh my gosh, I'm down. A true crime. That's a board like, game. That's a board people game. Love that true people love true crime. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Okay, well, what's up? What else we got? Okay, so now we are moving into my favorite part of the <laughs> podcast, which is where I ask Rachel and Gabe a weird question that they don't know previously. This one's kind of a little bit choose your own adventure-y, so feel free to ask questions for more info. Okay. It's also entirely self-serving because I just want to know what kind of friends you guys are. Ooh. Oh, I, this is going to be intense. Can I make Gabe answer first because he always just thinks yes. too much? And this is also relevant yeah, to the episode. That'll give you more time to think, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so let me set the scene. It's 2 a.m. I call you frantically. And I say that I've killed someone and I'm in a hotel room and I need your help. I give you no other information. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Oh, this is open-ended? I thought it was going to be a multiple choice or yes and no. No, it's <laughs> open-ended, but you can ask for more info. But this is what I'm giving you right now. 
Well, and, how about I tell you what I would ask next? <laughs> okay, but I keep in mind, I am frantic in a panic. There's blood everywhere. Oh, okay, that's what I was going to ask, actually. Oh. How bad's the mess? Oh, it is a mess. Like, it's like, think like a sketchy motel and like blood everywhere. How far, where are you? Like, close. Like, <laughs> I can't believe you're accounting for, like, travel I would, time. <laughs> I would, this, is, this is probably, okay, with all of that information, I would be, think, this is, I, this is how my thought process would go. I would think, okay, well, first of all, what am I going to have to do about this if I need to get involved? But first of all, I would then ask you this. I'd be like, okay, so what do you want me to do? Do you want me to turn you in because I feel like you would call me to turn you in. No. <laughs> you would do that. <laughs> I feel like you'd be like, I can't call the police on myself, so can you do it? And I'd go, okay. Um, or in this case, you really want me to do, like you, you don't want to be imprisoned for the rest of your life. I would then go, okay, so I think we got to burn down this motel. <laughs> What about the body? I, There's body, dental records, everything. Yeah. You can't in just, the fire. Um, have you ever watched any crime okay, show in, ever? Well, they I, will find okay, it. so I don't want to be turned in. I I need your help, like figuring out what to do. Okay, well I feel like I know exactly what we would do, but I don't think you want my. I don't think you're asking for my detailed response. I feel like one oh, element here is that if you call Gabe, he's gonna call me, and if you call me, I'm gonna call Gabe. Well, no, automatically oh, I turns into I feel me like and I, Gabe coming up. Oh, I didn't say that. No, but okay. So I call you and I'm like, don't tell anyone. Like, I just need you oh, to come. Oh, this is just a Gabe response. Like, this is just personally each of you. Yeah, because I, I wasn't thinking, like, I guess in real life I totally would call you. But in this situation, I was really thinking about it. Like, what if it all, like, fell on to me okay. to, to handle does. this? Um Well, I do think the best plan would be to set fire to the entire motel. but. I think first we would really need to um, make that body completely confusing. I don't whether like I'd probably have to come see how this body became murdered into the murdered state. <laughs> how did James um, murdered? murdered? I would <laughs> I would evaluate this and then I would weigh the options of like okay so can we split it into pieces and spread it across the world like shards <laughs> or like around the land? Like out of there. Horcruxes? Well, yeah, like Horcruxes. That's what I was trying to say. We Like, can we do that with like multiple bags? Um, Are you going to come cut up a dead body? Like we would have to find a way. I don't care if it's repeatedly running over the limbs with the tire of a car. <laughs> like <laughs> to stay as far what away as hell? we can from it. Um, but in fact, that's probably the best way to dispose of it, honestly, is just repeated crushing. Right, that's going to get in your treads. Oh, and then I guess you'd leave, make a trail. Like, you'd How leave you a just, trail. Are you going to just, like, mop up the I'm pavement? I'm just imagining like... going in, like, the middle of the desert, like, from the movie Psycho, and just doing it out <laughs> in the middle, or, like, Breaking Bad. the car into, like, a lake, and it just... Yeah, yeah. Like, like, if you've seen Breaking Bad or House of Cards, bodies in the desert, you feel me on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Whitney, if you called okay. me... I would instantly be worried because it'd be like, what happened? Like, are you okay? And if you wouldn't give me, like, are you going to tell me why? Like, what happened? Um, no, okay. just, just, I just did it. It happened. 
a blind rage. Well, I would definitely show a up. Tinder date gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take I, that into account. I think I would have asked why, actually. <laughs> yeah. So then I would show up if it sounds like obviously it doesn't sound like you're in a great state. So I would probably I'm not allowed to tell anyone else, though, am I? No, nobody. So I'd show up. And I'd assess the situation. I would, I would show up and assess the situation. I would evaluate so you're on a whole other level. And I would just be like, dead person. And I'd try to get it out. Why? Because like, I feel like if it was like a self-defense gone into like maybe a little bit too far, I'd be like, we can, we can work this into your benefit. Like, <laughs> this is, we can like tell someone it was self-defense. But if it was just like, blind rage there's really no i mean i guess i guess at that point we get rid of it how would you help me get rid of it yeah what's your specific disposal method because i provided one and i look crazy so now you need to do one just as good i wouldn't want to do any cutting or dismembering in the motel there's already (laughs) enough there we need to leave um parking lot and everyone knows what it's like if you leave little bits in like a garbage can one everyone knows what it's like no one knows what this is like you know what it's like clearly It's like apparently you don't want to leave it in the garbage because they can trace the garbage guy and then they find it in the freaking landfill. So no. And you don't want any teeth left behind because mm-hmm. dental records. You don't want any you want to crush the skull and you want to get like you want to take the bones and you want to put them every everywhere. Maybe feed them to a tiger. I don't know. And then um well, I don't know how you do a cleanup. Because I have never seen anyone clean up a crime scene Your and have it go is well. Basically the same as mine. Well, you gotta get rid of it, but the teeth have to be gone. And if you leave the fire, they still have the bones and they can figure out. Well, you just how leave a little bit, are. like just leave like DNA, dude. Pieces. No, DNA. Get it out of the motel. <laughs> I don't think like if they saw a motel catch fire, why would they assume that the missing person died in that fire because if there's a missing person the same night a sporadic fire happens at a motel they might look in the rubble (laughs) i guess that was kind of dumb but if you live in a big city like i feel like that might be hard to correlate or even if you wait a day wait a day yeah check in for a couple days where are you gonna just keep a dead body for a couple days i'd be like whitney you need to extend your day by seven right now i put it on my credit card if you have to the problem but it would be so stinky you know like when a person cold passes from this world (laughs) their entire body just voids everything okay so maybe like three days decomposing so there's like you do not have time i would say i we would we would drain the ice box at this motel and they'd be like where's all this ice going and you'd be like (laughs) i hurt my back lots of champagne lots of celebrations no out of the motel out I think most of it should stay in the motel. <laughs> like, make the explosion epicenter right next to the body. Like, I don't even know you. Hmm. I would. I don't know. If both of you showed up, you'd just stand there arguing while I'm like, I just killed okay, so we'd yell so much that the cops would show up for a domestic disturbance. <laughs> and then they would 
see the dead person. So I'm in favor. We'll all get arrested. I'm in favor of explosive (laughs) disposal methods plus repeated crushing with the tires of a car. How about you? I mean, in the city that we're in, I think our best option is to take the body in little pieces out into the ocean in a kayak and just (laughs) throw it. Just, you know, spread them. The teeth go somewhere else. Go into a lake. Yeah, not the sea, different bodies. Of water. I'll just keep them. Okay. <laughs> no, take them all to the Great Lakes. <laughs> that's not even. That's so much COVID. <laughs> well, it would make a nice movie out of it, wouldn't it? Or you could do the creepy thing, and you could like preserve it somehow with like some epoxy, and be like, "It's fake. I got it from Value Village." Yeah, I just keep it, and I eat breakfast with I would it every just, day. I would just like. So then we bring Whitney to the insane asylum because <laughs> obviously there's some problems yeah. there. Or they'd be like, "Why do you have these teeth in a bag? That is my, they're my baby teeth. teeth. Yeah, my ginormous man they're baby teeth." teeth. <laughs> Well, maybe I'd, maybe I'd throw away a few and just, like, in a trash can in the city. Well, I mean, like, you could definitely just, like, just keep a few. leave a tooth on the side of the road and someone would be like, ew, a tooth, and they'd, oh, they'd never like, pick it up. No, take it to the beach. You'd be like, these are rocks. <laughs> you could just, like, grind them up. <gasps> you could put them, you know, you can get those weird rock smoothing machines where you just throw the rocks in and they tumble yes. and then they do that with the I bones. want one of those so bad. Wait, yeah. isn't that, hasn't that, like, happened where, like, somebody... Like, can't you get your teeth turned into, like, a pearl necklace or oh, something God, crazy? I don't. I'm down. And hasn't that happened in a movie? Probably. You know, probably. Or, I mean, okay. I, oftentimes I've definitely seen, I thought people would, like, just straight up put teeth on a, like, somebody's teeth on a necklace. Gross. <laughs> Not as, like, a common thing, just kind of, like, as a... We have strayed from your question. A scary thing. After I got my wisdom teeth removed, I demanded that I keep them. Okay, well, (laughs) so how specific did you want these? Is it is it rather? I think you went very specific. So did you did you really care more about like whether we were going to help you dispose of the body or just immediately call the authorities on you? Is this in your plans? Or was it about the disposal method that you really wanted to know about? Like my original question was about the disposal method, but then I made it personal. Well, yeah, and I wanted to know what you would do. Yeah. And I'm very grateful that neither of you would immediately call the police. Oh, they're getting called at some point. I would, For me? Well, no, maybe not the police, but I would definitely seek some help, some psychiatric. But it was an accident. I just would have asked you, did you <laughs> If it was an to... accident, why did we have to get rid of the body? Because it was self-defense, but then I like stabbed them like 60 times, so I couldn't <laughs> claim self-defense anymore. I just he just wouldn't die. I just needed to know what type of phone call we were about to be having about this said dead body. Is it like, do you want me to call the authorities on you because you don't want to, and that's why you're calling me? Or that do would you be need me. my assistance? <laughs> That'd be me. Oh, okay. Or I'd be like, I'm going off grid forever. Would you like to come? <laughs> I'd probably say yes. Yeah, but you yeah. got to ditch your phone and Ooh. everything. Oh, that's right. Your cat can come. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't leave my material possessions, but no, but then you'd be gone. Off grid life. But like, if I the- would go. Thank you. Of course. But then like, w- I would know though, if you asked me and I said, no, I would be a person. No, I knows. would just be like, I'm going to go off grid. Want to come? And if you were like, nah, then I'd be like, okay, bye. Were you going to be like faking your death though? Or are you just like telling everyone, you know, goodbye? I think I'd just be like, goodbye. And then. That's kind of suspicious. Yeah. But like, 
Faking your death is so much work. Oh my god. You can be you constantly on the run in the forest. I just want to go oh to god. the forest. I just had an epiphany. I kill someone in a motel room who looks like me, and then I claim that it's me, and then I can just go live my life in the forest. That's but then they think it. that you killed you, and then you would be suspected as the other no, person. No, like I'm faking my death. Yeah, but then someone killed Whitney, so like whoever killed Whitney, which was the person you really killed, we're going to call her Stephanie. Now everyone's on the hunt for Stephanie, and they think you're Stephanie because Stephanie killed Whitney, but really Whitney killed Stephanie. But like, what if I make it look like it was myself killing myself? Wouldn't you oh. need two copies? Of... Wait. And then I switch our teeth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I guess, or just knock both your teeth out. That's probably hard. That's probably or easier. Stephanie could just go run away. <laughs> I don't know if Stephanie wants to, though. Yeah, I don't think Stephanie had much consent in this situation. <laughs> no, maybe I should have asked her first. Yeah. Well, true crime anyway. at its best. <laughs> oh, this was an episode. Mm -hmm. We talked about some dark things. Yeah, and laughed about a lot of it. This is definitely <laughs> the, the Halloween episode, if I've ever yes. heard one. <laughs> we are twisted. This is a really fun one to, to record, though. I don't think people are going to like this. People love true crime. No, but we, we're, we've just been gross the whole time. Yeah, we kind of took it from true crime to what would you do if... I mean, like, I don't... It's fine. So people, like, children got killed in an oil tank, and I said something funny, some, not directly about that, but shortly after. That seems a little but inappropriate if you ask me. that's what all the me. true crime podcasts do. They These talk are about real people. Like, yeah, they but, were affected. Yeah. What if and they heard I'm this? Not, they're, they're dead. Not. What if their family, <laughs> I mean, what if their family heard it? Something makes me think their family is not listening to true crime. <laughs> like, I'm not laughing at the fact that children died. That's tragic. I'm just laughing <laughs> separately alongside. <laughs> On that note, this I, has been a fantastic episode. I give you two days before you're like, we can't upload this. <laughs> no, it's happening. It's happening. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Well, this has been another spooky episode of Blanket Fort Books. If you want to hit up any of us with any of your concerns on our mental well-being <laughs> or any suggestions for future podcasts, you can certainly hit Rachel up at Abrams Records at, on Twitter. And I am Gabe on Twitter as Board Seed. And I am Whitney on Twitter as Wit and Wisdoms. And our official Twitter is at Blanket Fort Book. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much, and we will catch you next week. See you later. Have a spooky night. Bye.